Hello, people. Welcome to the 2023 recap. And now the games are over. What is that? That audio that floats around every year. Are you one of those peeps who use that audio on your social medias? And that brings a close to the 2023 game. I mean, if you wanted your life to be like an American baseball game, sure, use it. But, but maybe it's not needed, you know. I don't know. Confusing times. Podcast 2023. It's been an amazing year. I've had such a good time listening back to these conversations. Conversations that landed very differently when I heard them this year. Whatever point that may be. I've picked seven moments to dive into, to give you a little clip of, and just to capture some moments that have really helped me. They've helped me even further re-listening to them. All the conversations that I just know are so valuable. These are some clips from some podcasts that I send out to people when I hear common things that people face in terms of relationship stuff, or maybe it's energetics of how to move through blocks, challenges, really things that are going to help us thrive in the modern day. The focus and purpose of this podcast is to help us carve a lifestyle that supports us and helps us thrive in modern times. That really is the aim of the podcast. It's about community, how we can relate to each other, how we can reimagine community, connection, how we can connect to ourselves and the world that we exist in. Looking also at indigenous collective wisdom. Now, something that I didn't expect to be the case, but this year I've definitely had incredible conversations around this kind of concept of traditional ways of living and really looking to natural people of the world that are living in accordance with their environment in a very similar way to how we would have potentially lived. And a lot of these conversations are about that approach and about that reimagining of a more beautiful world. So enjoy these conversations they are some snippets with some of my favorite people and some people that i am so blessed to call my friends now and i know i'll be saying this again next year but it has been an incredible year thank you so so much like from the core of me thank you for joining me maybe you're new to this podcast but maybe you've been here since the beginning whatever section of this journey you're on with me I just appreciate your ears, so I just want to say thank you. Without you listening, this wouldn't be a thing, and it guides the way, you know, you're voting with your ears to what conversations want to be had, so it's my pleasure to put this together for you. And I've got a few questions for you. Who do you want to see in 2024? What topics do you want me to cover? Reach out to me, let me know, and also what has been your biggest challenge that you're currently facing? What is the biggest thing that you're facing right now? Just inviting you to bring some awareness to that. Like what things are you working on? Do you have clarity on the things you're bringing in next year? The wind of grace is always blowing. It's up to us to lift our sails. I heard that the other day and it really landed. What are you calling in this year? What is your heart's desire? How can you imagine a different way of living, a different way of being? Have you got clarity on that? 
can you really achieve anything if you haven't got clarity on it? I think that's one of the biggest hurdles of getting the things you want is that being clear on them. It's not always easy to be clear because once we have clarity, we can then start to become a match for that thing. We can start to act like the person would be who has that thing. So lately I've been delving into the needs versus wants and how that has been for me this year. I've always seen things through the lens of needing, which is quite an objective experience. You know, what do we really need as humans? It's allowed me to achieve so much, but from that place, I was always justifying the needs based on everything outside of myself. So it's helped to see that through a wanting lens and not needing to justify my desires or my aspirations to anyone. Really wanting something different, wanting change, wanting to achieve something and not needing to justify that to anyone. Like, Why do you need to justify any of your wants to someone? I think this is something that we fall into when we see the world, when we look at all of the injustices that the world has. We're so consumed by so much information around life being quite unfair to a lot of people. I think when we fall into that, I've definitely experienced this as I started to justify everything. The new clothes, the the new things, the buying, the products, or, or even just wanting to go away, wanting to do something different and seeing that through the lens of I don't need it. But maybe I'll just change that and just want it. And this is where money comes in as well, because we don't necessarily need more money. But do we want it? Can we want it for just that reason? So it's been quite a shift for me. And getting clarity on the things I want has been a big realization. I've always been rationalizing and justifying everything. So I'll ask you for this year, do you have the courage to go all in on what you truly want? And what holds you back? from going for what you want. Do you think you deserve it? Maybe you don't want people around you to be uncomfortable. Maybe you're too focused on needs and justifying them. Maybe you're too influenced by culture. I've been sitting with these questions and my invitation is for you to do the same. I'm just gonna also mention that a couple of things to do with my men's work. I am opening up the community. It will be closed for three months as of January the 1st. So you've got around four days to sign up, to jump on a call with me, potentially join a community, which is an incredibly powerful space, an intimate opportunity to double down on the things you wanna do this year. Like, what are you calling in? These questions I've just asked, like, are they landing? Do they land? Are you curious to know what it's like to be in a space where men are speaking their truth and honoring and aligning on certain things that we all agree on. There's many topics that we discuss. Each month we have a guiding theme. I feel you get the gist. It's an online space where we can just be men and redefine what it means to be a man in the modern day. If this speaks to you, then please reach out. Let's jump on a call for the next four days. It's open and when January hits, it will be closed again for another three months or longer. Also, I have men's 
retreats next year. I've got three taking place, different locations. These are incredibly immersive, powerful spaces, affordable and real activating transformational spaces that I've seen tremendous growth and community stem from. Loads of information on my website. Go check it out, thechrisgeisler.com forward slash men's weekend. You've also got four days to take advantage of £100 off discount. So head over to the website, check it out, and I might see you around the fire next year. So on the clips I've got coming up, I really listened back to these and they landed so differently as I'm in such a different place than I was when I recorded them. And the reason for putting this out is essentially that I believe they're clips that we definitely can learn things from over and over again. So the first clip is with Robin Leone, powerful being. She is the founder of Root of the Gods, a project that preserves and reactivates sacred wisdom. Robin embodies a bridge between the ancient and modern cultures. She really speaks to this in a lot of gratitude and a lot of reverence. Talk about communication, the art of that, and she speaks to community and self-leadership. Enjoy the clip. Episode 86, focus on your connection to spirit. Your relationship with your altar, like your your sacred space, your connection with the universe or your connection with great spirit or God or whatever you want to call it, that's what you need to focus on. I think we get so distracted on focusing on other relationships and external things mm. and we look at that as the source of the problem. Um, and actually, I think if we can come back and focus on our connection with something that cannot be broken you cannot break your connection with the universe you cannot break that soul connection that we all have <coughs> with yeah like a for me great spirit so I can focus sometimes too much on the other relationships in my life trying to fix or trying to find the solution or the, the right permanence. feeling the balance but yeah. they can be taken away. That can be broken in a second. And mm. then what? We're looking for You permanence. can't control those things. We're looking yeah. for permanence. The mm. thing that actually is unbreakable mm. is that connection that you have with the center of the universe. And I think for me, that now is like a devotion. It's a devotion. And, and that devotion and returning to that space every day allows you to trust in that process. You cannot trust in a relationship if you don't put the time in and put yourself there to be in that relationship and to listen to to what you can receive or learn from that space and I think we're always trying to pick up the signals or learn things from the outer relationships but they are all a reflection of that relationship that you have with great spirit coming back to the root coming back to that source instead of you know looking at the branches of the tree mm. <laughs> instead of looking at why the flowers are falling at certain is this times. where root of the gods was born <laughs> Yeah, you know, the the roots are so important and they're the parts that people cannot see. And I think we can get very distracted. I also thought I'd drop another clip in here. Robin talking about nonviolent communication. I think it's a powerful clip. I was doing like an intimacy workshop with a a friend of mine a couple of days ago. And it was all about asking for what you want. So it was um, asking to be touched in some way exactly how you feel you want it. First of all, that's quite difficult uh, to to ask for exactly what you want. To know exactly what you want. To know. Mm. 
Um, but part of that process was once somebody has told you, you have to reflect it back to them and ask them, is that what you mean? Yeah. And it's so fascinating. One of the tools that I love the most in in all forms of communication and, and in relationships, it's definitely helped me a lot, is a, a tool called nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. And it's like a four-step process. And the reason that it fascinated me so much was I was, I was reading this book, the guy's called uh, Marshall Rosenberg, who, who found it. And he, he was a mediator between countries, gangs, families, you know, violent dynamics, marriages that are not working that have been together for 60 years or whatever. <coughs> and what he found was husband and wife sitting opposite each other. Wife says something. Uh, I feel like this. And, they say, and he says, okay, husband, can you repeat that back to me, what the wife's just said? And it's totally distorted. And he's like, no, I just need you to repeat exactly what she just said back to her. And he can't. Because there's so much, there's so many masks and so many neurological programs and pathways that get created when you're in a relationship with someone for a long time. Mm-hmm. You create these belief systems mm-hmm. around what you think you know, um, what they're going to do or what they mean by something because you're, you're recognizing patterns instead of actually being present and mm-hmm. looking and feeling what is this person bringing to me in this moment? Mm-hmm. And you have bias towards yeah. things. Yeah, and I always say to a how, and, um, you know, he believes it too, but I always remind him, is like, I have many different versions of me. Don't put me in a box. I am not in a box. And still he doesn't know every version of me. And I think that's so important to accept that there are so many different sides of a person. You cannot know what they're going to bring to the table in that moment. Don't assume that you know something about someone and if you're not sure you can ask next up we have peter eugene bennett mental work coach this was episode 70 a path to embodiment and he is someone who speaks about integrity a lot in everything that he does he really does match his thoughts with his words with his actions and we speak in this about embodiment practices and how his work through the kind of introspective self-developing sense that he's lent into he's been able to overcome so much and fulfill a lot of potential that is within us all but he definitely showcases that and speaks about it so beautifully so peter bennett makes the highlights of this year enjoy the clip phenomenal podcast with this guy he'll be featuring in 2024 for sure do you think we'll always want acceptance and love from our parents or can we reach a point where we stop um i would say that it's a human trait to have that um drive um however vipassana was a really big part of me releasing a lot of that because i realized that these sensations in my body this reaction was just from like what they call sankara it's like just just the same thing again and again like driving a groove in my in my psyche you know being rejected or getting the validation from playing a role but when i started to get more into my body through meditation through breath through these embodiment practices um i started to realize oh no like i don't have to play that role i don't have to react the way i used to and so um Yes, definitely as a part of me that would love my parents to see me and my friends to acknowledge me and, you know, the, as I do myself. But um, I'm slowly 
dropping that and recognizing that as long as I know who I am, that's the most important thing. Hmm. Yeah, for me, what's got in the way of that is a, a like real energy of like wanting to, mm. wanting to be seen, mm. wanting to be heard, wanting to be accepted. And that gets in the way of them being able to mm. because it's like it feels like too forceful or it's just it's just like something not quite present mm. not quite authentic about it neediness there you go yeah needs and wants for sure yeah. <laughs> so definitely my journey it's like the more i can just sit and be and be responsible like my ability to respond and and have and being for, come from that place mm. and just also just knowing like who you are what you want and what you what you do need mm. like coming coming from that place but really deeply knowing that mm. and not pretending or, or if you don't know that that's okay mm -hmm. but if you you think you do but you don't really mm -hmm. like it's it, it's an energy Pe it, the words do somewhat of a of an exchange but it's like people just feel it mm. so it's like okay more work needs to be done there bro there's loads of power, power in silence as well um, I've just realized that this past weekend, like being one of the leaders and having my own team and acknowledging that sometimes like I just don't have the words to express what's here and being okay with that. And it's the same with family, with friends. Like I don't need to tell people anymore who I am. Like there's moments where that comes up for sure. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, look at all this amazing stuff. Like why haven't you asked me how the weekend went type of thing, you know? But I'm realizing again, like if I can sit in that, in that silence and be still, um, then that neediness or that drive, the wants and the desires like start to quieten. It's like, oh, like I can just receive what you're sharing. I can see where you're at and, and, and like respect and acknowledge that as opposed to trying to like force my will on someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that resonates. What about boundaries? Where do boundaries come in for you? That's the warrior, bro. That's a big part of what we do. Sacred Sons, part of stepping into the ring uh, in the physical combat state and also like in life. Um, but boundaries is a big part of me um, starting to drop the people pleaser. I know many men or women who are listening might acknowledge or recognize that. It's like I've in the past like not had boundaries because I didn't want to upset people. Um, but I learned actually to be more assertive or to begin with, like, what is it that I don't want? You know, what are the things in life that aren't like treating me right? Where, where is this like, where is there not a full body? Yes. And then I'm, ah, okay. So I can start to write these things down. I do a lot of journaling, um, meditation as well. And I start to realize, okay, so these are parts of my life where they're not in alignment. And the more I can be boundary, the more I can speak to them, the more I can be my warrior um, and use like sometimes that uncomfortable energy, whether it's like healthy rage. Sometimes there's like anxiety as well. If I can speak to those parts and be like clear, then um, people don't step over the line. And if they do, there's a bit of a buffer and I can say, excuse me, like, can you just take a step back? And, you know, we're all in a in accordance, in a, in a healthy, harmonious way of relating. Next up, we have James Fishgill. Episode 77, finding more understanding and love in your relationships. Something so close to my heart and the journey and mission of this podcast is really understanding and really diving into the depths of relating with each other and ourselves. And this man needs to be teaching en masse in schools in assemblies around the world, he is really skillfully and compassionately doing the work. 
and one person who will definitely be featuring again this year. We speak of the root cause of disconnection and what our pain is rooted in. And he has such a beautiful way of not excavating for the why, but in action with others, relating skillfully in a way that everyone can get their needs met. It's, it's beautiful. He's a heart coach, yoga teacher, transformational facilitator based in Western Australia. And he's just doing great work. So of course he was going to make this recap of the year. Enjoy the clip with James Frischgill. So, you know, when we bring our loving awareness to our emotions, something shifts. There's an energetic shift. Quite likely in the next minute or two, we'll be like, oh, it doesn't, I don't feel so sad right now. Again, I've just, I've just brought my awareness to it. And now something shifted. So in short, relief. Mm. But, you know, I don't work with people in isolation. I work with them in terms of their most important relationships which are sometimes their most difficult relationships as well so as as we become masterful at tending to our own emotional experience we become more masterful at doing the same for others so you, if you and i are in conflict and you're throwing all your horrible accusations at me and I'm tempted to just go you're a nutcase and I'm just going to take out a restraining order and never see you again and let's leave it at that which is still locked in opposition and if instead I can say underneath your analysis I can hear that actually I've left you feeling incredibly heartbroken maybe super embarrassed it might have feel as if you were being belittled it I it felt to you as if I was absolutely insensitive to your own needs and that would have been like heartbreaking for you as soon as I can start to reach into the emotional truth that your analysis is springing from what do you think happens to your analysis hmm. it just quietens yeah. because your analysis is your unskillful attempt to have your emotional experience recognized so if I just cut out the middleman where we just fire abuse at each other, and if I go straight into the emotion that I think you might be expressing, you go, ah, hallelujah. Some Finally, he's willing to become aware of my experience. Sorry. When is it important to label? When is it important when is there room to say this person is actually being this way and that is affecting me? Like, is there room for that in this discussion? Well, a more skillful way of doing that is to say the way this person is behaving is causing me upset that I'm not okay with. Mm -hmm. What we find though, when we become really skillful is what that person was actually hoping for Mm -hmm. behind what they did is distinct from my pain. So there's what they were hoping for, what they were yearning for, which might even have been for me to taste their pain. So they felt cared for, you know, that's, that's kind of their yearning behind what we might term malicious intent. Sure. They were hoping for something as distinct from my pain. And both of those things are true. So skillfully, 
the unskillful way that you went about trying to feel what you needed to feel left me feeling what I'm not okay to be feeling, right? So I'm not okay with what you're doing because I'm not okay with the pain it brings me. And I can see that you didn't want pain for me. And that's that might sound confusing to start with, but that is the very crux of conscious communication. Every painful situation you've ever received, someone was wanting something distinct from your pain. And if we turn that around, which it becomes a little more palatable when we turn it around. And if I said to you, Chris, think of some of the shittiest things that you've ever done or said. And, and then I would encourage you to get very clear about what your beautiful tender heart was actually yearning for. Mm -hmm. Those actions and words were just an unskillful expression of. Mm -hmm. The pain that you created is real but it's distinct from what you were hoping to create. Yeah. I had this amazing thought experiment one day when I was, I was walking down the street. I, I remember exactly where I was. And I was thinking, remember me at my worst, like my, what, just take one day, one moment where mm. I was at my worst and I was horrible. I was not, not kind. I was faultless, careless, like rude, just obnoxious, arrogant. And that just, 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 one moment, imagine and play that out when you meet someone who is like that. And yeah. it, it got me thinking like, yeah, like I just see them in their, in their pain. Uh, yeah. I, really, I really do. Like I'm on, I'm on, I'm on your team. But I love, I love to kind of count these things because I know a lot of people that count are with me and it's, it's useful to, to dive deeper when this yeah. starts to become perhaps, and you might hear this a lot, like toxic, positivity and like when yeah. like I, it kind of brings us on nicely because i'd love to ask you and get your take on like us as humans like are we are we do we come into this world just striving for connection to be loved to be accepted to be seen heard is that our true nature next up zach avery oof, powerful individual and just so excited to witness this man move forward in the world and create and just tread lightly but make a big impact as he goes about his time on this planet he's a beautiful man and i love listening to him speak i gain so much from his beautiful navigation of words language and how he makes sense of the world he really is a beautiful soul pleasure to know this guy and he speaks about what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you he really invites that in and it's a question for you what challenge are you calling in this year because that's just the thing that's going to change you into the person you want to be right i remember hearing mike posner talk about why he walked across america and it was very simple it's because he wanted to be the person on the other side of that adventure he wanted to become the person who walked across america he wanted to meet that guy and become him super powerful anyway zach is a big voice and a man of action for change and he's a co-founder and co-director of medicine festival a not-for-profit alcohol-free gathering to inspire authentic connection and regeneration for people and planet and he also organizes a co-created men's community and writes a passage pilgrimage called the men's petition which i would urge you to check out 
they always seem like they're having a lot of fun but also doing a lot of powerful deep work so shouting out to them wherever i go enjoy the clip with zach avery you know you look at indigenous communities across the world um and they are incredibly happy with very little a lot of them mm -hmm. you know and they're living with these these core principles of living with temperance and humility treading lightly on the earth a lot of them are egalitarian communities where they share everything with the community they don't have the tech and they don't have the wealth but they are sustained through these core principles of Maslow's hierarchy of needs um you know they have everything they need to survive they might not be incredibly comfortable but it's all they know but they have this deep connection to the natural world you know they live in this this philosophy of like um being in sacred reciprocity with the natural world you know um uh, Elizabeth Jenkins wrote this great book called The Fourth Level, studying the, the Inca tradition, and it's this beautiful part in it that expresses that we're in a constant dance of, of reciprocity with, with the natural world. And, you know, every inhale for us is, is, is feeding the trees around us, and their exhale is nourishing us, and we're, we're always in this. And so they really deeply tune into that. that this is like deeply embedded in their philosophy, mm -hmm. is treat the earth well and it will treat you well. And that brings them so much. That brings them so much internal resource that, that that enlivens them in such a way that we are disconnected from in the West, where we we completely disregard the natural world. We don't see ourselves as part of this greater circle of life. We see ourselves as superior. It's like this uh, studies of eco-psychology. It's the egocentric lens that we live through or the anthropocentric lens as opposed to the eco-centric. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's there's a lot we can learn from them. You know, they are connected to the sacred in every moment. They they honor ceremony and ritual as ways for, to turn attention to intention, to really make an offering, you know, um, in, in reverence and in prayer. And we don't do that here in the West. You know, they deeply honor the future generations. You know, Matt McCartney speaks of the children's fire. You know, everything you do in this day should take into account and be in alignment with the future seven generations. And the indigenous do that. They honor their ancestors and they honor the future. And that's always in mind, right? That's, 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 that's as much reality to them as their existing and, and living family. Whereas we are just in our, in our ego. You know, we're worrying about sustaining ourselves. We're worrying about comfort and what's easeful. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And they are incredibly happy. And all right, there's lots of issues. There's lots of uh, trauma and there's uh, colonization and, you know, the list goes on. But... At the end of the day, they are the ones that are really walking this path um, and that we can be inspired by. And so it's it's really like taking these the essence of their teachings and trying to infuse that back into society here in the West um, and across the world in different ways. And it needs to be done in the right way. You know, at the same time, we're all indigenous to our own land in some way, shape or form. And we fetishize these other indigenous cultures as other than and, and put them on a pedestal. And that's really great. I think there's a lot we can take from them. But um, often that means misappropriating them and their ways, sometimes the commodification of some of their medicines, which therefore has an impact on those guys. Um, and so there's always two sides to every coin, right? And there's much more to it. It's not so simple. But I think um, particularly in these lands, for me anyway, connecting back to our roots of Druidry, you know, our paganistic roots of connecting with the lands, the wheel of the year, the tree of life, honoring the seasons. Um, I think there's a lot in that. And it's a study that I'm in right now that I find deeply nourishing for my soul. You know, really looking back at the things that were important and the things that will be remembered and the things that remain important when all of these concrete jungles are, are no more. And when idealistically, from my worldview, we're in this kind of post-capitalist society 
mm. not saying that capitalism is inherently bad there's it's much more nuanced than that but um mm-hmm. yeah and it's 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 an optimistic view and uh, perhaps it's because i'm surrounded by people that share some of these views and and i believe are doing good in the world um collectively arm in arm you know we're walking together um and so in that i feel constantly supported and for that every day i'm grateful yeah beautifully said man that's really beautiful uh i feel very similar if not the same it's when you spend time doing these practices doing these things traditions whatever it is with other people it just feels like there is something that is within us that that remembers it's like a okay this feels familiar why do i need to know no it just feels fucking great (laughs) it just feels like the right thing to to spend my time doing um and i think like the spiritual connection to each other our planet is the thing that is really radically missing from a lot of other circles that i that i witness and notice like with that understanding of the ground we walk on and like the cherishing of the lands the dead the 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 bought the birth of of people just making things sacred again and that really like paying attention to those things just being with death or being with birth and it can be so magical we don't have to make up like father christmas to make things more magical it's like no 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 it's here it's already it's already around you um but people are very caught up in in the to-do list in the in the in the day-to-day and i experience this when i when i go back home and it's just a very different energy of like how we can yeah do more achieve more um and it's really sad it's really sad that we've 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 gone down a different path but almost to, to bring us back round again i feel which is which is what i feel is happening yeah man part of the process trust mm. that you know and I completely understand why it can take a long time to find this way, or maybe this way just does not feel right to you, you know. Um, and it requires you to look at things from a, a metaphysical lens, I guess, mm. in some way, to kind of see the unseen, or at least honour its existence in some mm. way, shape or form. And, you know, we've been um, indoctrinated in religion, and there's lots of reasons that people avoid that, you know. Mm. Um, growing up in certain homes with certain worldviews and beliefs forced upon people you know a lot of people are then um, adverse to that in every way and they want to avoid that and suppress yeah, that which and reject is kind that. of what happened with religion right we've kind of thrown it all out with the with the bathwater kind of mm-hmm. like, that we've just thrown away everything that actually was probably really rooted in really great ways of being and being with each other and understanding that's a map and we can we can live somewhat by that but we've we've and I feel like we, it is that counter swing of the pendulum that's that's religions almost people feel failed by it or like mm. disgusted by it that, that, that we were believe in it all kind of we were indoctrinated into into this way that now we've just like right that's done and then we did we don't ever we don't look back at like the the beauty which was in it all the uh, service and the prayer and the commitment yeah. and the showing up and the yeah. honoring and the something greater than it's like there's a lot of elements in that that i think are really beautiful and the phrase i came across a few years ago that was really true for me is like this idea of omnism that all religions are different ways of telling the same story mm. you know like omnipresent omnipresent well, omni, yeah omnipresent yeah. is all all yeah. pervading yeah. all powerful and and om, yeah omnipotent uh omnism yeah 
is kind of there is that brought into a religious context in some way uh-huh. and it's really beautiful for me it actually rung very true it's like you know all religions a lot of them have the same some of the same elements and essence you know mm-hmm. of like something greater than something to something to be in, in marvel of and reverence with and i think that's really beautiful um and so it's like how can you bring that energy back through without the religious context that many people are afraid of mm. and again it just comes down to to the elements you know honoring of the elements yeah um, and our relationship to the unknown right and not trying to control mm. what we can and just surrender to what we can't this man gave me so much in this conversation it's episode 82 success is easy when you love yourself i, f- I love that title and brandon collinsworth is a power guy he is speaking and moving in ways that i align fully with the journey to self-love that he so rightfully and passionately raises his flag for on all days and all ways i love this guy so much and yeah i'll definitely be meeting this man in some capacity maybe around the fire maybe on one of his warrior retreats, who knows? We talk about initiation, healing, masculinity, femininity, how women are the gatekeepers to it all and how you can call in your queen energy. It's a powerful conversation. This is a tiny snippet from a conversation I would definitely say go and revisit. Enjoy. You know, there was a moment in time where it all clicked. And just because it clicked doesn't mean that it was like, I don't have to work daily at it. But the set point became once I had that realization of self-love and self-worth is the pathway and is the key. That's when my whole entire journey changed. I mean, self-love at its core is this idea that we're going to acknowledge the miracle that we are flawed in everything. And, you know, one of the few of the questions I asked in my TED Talks was like, can I love myself like there's nothing to fix? And a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, always trying to fix themselves. I can love myself when instead I can love myself now. Or can I celebrate the parts of me that nobody celebrates? A lot of people celebrate the parts of me, parts of themselves that like society applauds, but they don't celebrate the parts of the one's person that like nobody applauds. Or can I love the parts of me that I deem most unlovable? Like for a lot of people, that's a hard thing to say because there's parts of each one of us that we kind of don't like. But what, I'm lear- what I've learned is like self-hate and self-love cannot live at the same time. You have to choose one. It can't be like, ah, I love this part of myself and I hate this part of myself. Mm-hmm. But when you start to lean into like, I love this part of myself and this part of myself served me once upon a time but now gets to change and transform into a deeper level of self-love, then the set point becomes more of a loving expression and that carries over into everything. And as I went deeper, I started to realize like a lot of the pathologies that I had, like like codependency, abandonment wounds, savior complex, little like love addictive tendencies, like wanting to be chosen, wanting to be seen, wanting to like be picked. It, it all stemmed from me not seeing my worth. Why did I not see my worth? Well, somewhere along the line of me climbing out of the streets to the skies, I was told that I wasn't good enough. I told that I wasn't lovable enough. I told I was told I needed to have the perfect body, the perfect resume, the perfect this to be chosen. 
I went on that journey and I got all that, man. I, I went to the Ivy Leagues. I, I was ripped. I got signed to Nike and I was still miserable, bro. It was like, holy shit. Like I did all that and I still don't, I still feel like shit. I still feel horrible. So what's the trick? Like, where did I lose? What, what, what did I, what did I miss? And I realized that it was that self-worth piece. A lot of people who are successful don't love themselves. A lot of people become successful out of this desire to, to try to prove to the world that they're worth it. What would the world look like if everybody just was sitting in self-worth? They probably would take different paths. They probably would choose stuff that lights their hearts up. They probably would dive into passions and their talents. They would step into art rather than business. They would step into, and that's what self-worth allows. But our society doesn't say that. Our, self, our society says, you need to make money. You need to have a home. You need to be this. And if you don't have that, you're not good enough. And when you do get that, one day you'll be good enough until they realize that the trick is, is that you spent 20 years going for that thing and you get there and you're still feeling like shit. Self-worth and self-love opens up the doors to every day being with your own best friend, being with your own beloved, filling up your own cup. And for me, that practice Really, every morning I wake up, I just open my eyes and say, I love you, bro. I love you, man. I love you. And I try to feel the love that flows through me. When we're standing in self-love, it is the most potent filter. Because we stop entertaining toxic people. We start to nourish ourselves better. We stop entertaining toxic habits. We start to protect ourselves because we are our beloved. And then what happens is... Instead of people or us looking for people to complete us, I need the, those friends to complete me. I need business partners to complete me. I need the right bank account to complete me. I need the right lover to complete me. Instead of us attracting from a place of lack, we're attracting from a place of wholeness. And instead of people or things being a completion to us, it becomes just a compliment. It's like, oh, you're, I'm good, I'm complete, and, and this is a welcomed addition, but it's no way and by any means defining me. If it goes, it goes, and if it stays, thank you. And that really is the process of like self-love, but it has to start with us. It is not out there. And that's the that's the that's another one of the tricks that society's played on us is it, it's put our worth, our love, our our dreams, our salvation outside of ourselves in religion and politics in money. All the ancient teachings point us back to ourselves. The sooner people realize that it's right here and all the inner work that is done here inevitably shows up in our external reality. It's all a mirror. That's when this space becomes the most sacred space one could reside. A person doesn't need to go to no temple or no ashram or no shala in the middle of the jungle if they can realize that the guru lives here, the ashram is here, the temple is here. And how would one take care of a temple? How would one take care of a sacred ashram with love, kindness, and care on, on all days and all ways? Next up, Michael Maisie, episode 97, creating the space for connection. 
truly incredible transformational story this guy has told many times. But in this conversation, we dive into what he's up to now and how he's creating safe spaces, how him and his team over at the CIP project is creating these spaces. We dive into his journey over to America, undertaking the Sundance initiation where he went four days without food and water. But this clip just gives a glimpse into the spaces he's creating for human connection and why it's so important to connect with lineages and elders. And he's moving in a beautiful way. I cannot wait to share more experiences with this guy and just go forward about my time and spread his message and his name because I believe in what he's doing and how he's showing up. Michael Maisie, enjoy the clip. Yeah. What do you think the common thread is of these individuals that are coming and really getting gaining from the experience of a sweat lodge, of the connection, of looking men in the eyes and women and being in amongst different ages as well whilst doing that work? What do you think the common thread is of what they get from it, but also what brings them here? Well, it's interesting is essentially it's connection. That's really what it is. The lack of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm -hmm. And we're all addicted in all sorts of ways. You know, sugar, food, alcohol, drugs, porn, social media, internet, work. You know, we're all addicted in some way. Mm -hmm. And then you come out to our land and it's like, take your shoes and socks off put your feet on the ground look another human being in the eyes just connect with them this is what connection feels like just seeing each other listening to each other you know outside of your title outside of all that crap of what you think you are oh I'm Michael and I'm a motivational speaker from Devon and I'm this and I'm that or I'm Dave I'm a plumber from Hackney whatever you know what I mean it's like we don't really care about that it's like tell me what's in your heart Talk to me about your sadness. Tell me something you don't want to tell me. And it's like, in them simple questions, being seen, being heard, the mask is removed. And then it's like, oh, I just get to connect with a human being. Fuck. I don't do this enough. Mm. You know, and that is like often uh, much more powerful than, uh, than the ice bath or the sweat lodge. It's like just sit, another human being looking at you and listening to you without trying to rescue or save you you know that's like one of the parameters we put in is like if you ask a question you listen and resist the urge to try and rescue and save them mm. yeah know? i feel we rob people from feeling in in our culture yeah we're totally. too quick to put a hand on someone's shoulder or like don't don't be sad or don't be crying mm. and it robs us of feeling it's mm. a big it's a big one in, in spaces that i'm in it's like ask them what they need don't try and project onto them what you think they need and that in that there's just so much space for them one to just have the feel the permission to just well get to the point where they start to ask what they need and get mm. to know what they need in that silence or in the moment mm. i think that's like there's real power in like changing that condition we have to go and try and yeah as a man as a man fix mm -hmm. fix someone or, or take them away from feeling sad or upset the nice guy that actually is more of a condition yeah right yeah mm. and some of it comes from a nice place For sure but it's just having them boundaries of like okay you're a i'm b a asks b a question 
A listens to the response. So it's not a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just sit with what's coming up within you as this person's talking? You could hear that today. <laughs> Everyone's just having a conversation. Yeah. So no, 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 let's get back to the practice yeah, of exactly. like active listening. Yeah, and this is it. We've got two ears and one mouth. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, God created us that way, to listen more than we talk. Mm. I think we're so removed from that. You know, and especially when we meet new people in, who are coming into this work, you know, they want to rescue and say, oh, mate, I've been through that. Oh, mate, let me tell you something. I, I get it, mate. I've been through the same thing. Or, you know, you should try this, mate. Well, look, well, you've got a wife and kids, mate. Look at everything you've got, good you've got. So like, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. Just stop talking and listen. You know, like I remember when I'd done this talk for a men's mental health charity, and that was one of the common threads of new referrals that they had was that, a lot of the men who came there who were suicidal said, no one listens. I'm trying to talk and they're all patting me on the shoulder and saying, oh, come on, mate, look out, everything, you don't, don't get, don't be down in the dumps. You'll be all right. Or they were trying to give them solutions. You should try this, mate. You, you try this new breathwork thing or try this new thing here or, or give this a go. It's like, I actually don't want a solution. I don't want to be told to look on the bright side of life. I just want you to hear me. You just listen to me. And that was the biggest thing I, I learned that day when I'd done that talk. And I was like, wow, we need to really uh, promote active listening in this work. It's one of the key things. You know, and it's not to shame the people who are, who are doing this, because it comes from a place mm. that, you know, I believe is quite innocent. Yeah. But it can actually be destructive for the man who's gone through his whole life especially many who've grown up without fathers and no one's ever listened to them. Yes, people, finally we have Mark Groves. This was a real milestone for the podcast. I have so much respect for this man. He has been a huge inspiration and I got to have a conversation with him to dive into his humanness and ask him some deep questions about his work. It was a great episode. Here is a little clip. Here is a little clip with a man on a big mission and doing things in a way that feels very good. You know, you have two options when you look at your past. One, that everything is serving your evolution and your development, or it isn't. And one of those perspectives is empowering, and the other one isn't. One will keep you in a state of martyrdom, a state of victimization. See, I think often when we talk about victim mindset or being being a victim, not a victim of an event, but like our mindset and the way we face the world is it's not fair. Everything happens to me. It's not like it's always me. Whoa, 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 whatever it is. When we actually explore that kind of dialogue and take on potentially the other perspective, the other perspective is empowering. But how do we hold that bridge where I really am, I can acknowledge what I've been through that is unfair. You know, like if you've been through childhood trauma, you've been abused, you, you know, you had an alcoholic mother, an abusive father, maybe your dad left. Like imagine saying to someone who still is in that wound, mm-hmm. oh, it's happened for you. You know, like imagine if someone's like, oh, yeah, my uncle just passed away. And they're like, oh, how do you think that happened for you? Right. There's a bypassing that can occur through the positivity. And I think that's yeah. often what actually occurs. But that also is negating the idea that there's 
not super amounts of value in our grief and in loss. You know, in our culture in general, orients away from sadness, grief, anger, right? Although there's a lot of those things in the world, we teach people that there's a problem with them if they're sad, you know, as opposed to, well, if your life circumstances bring out sadness, then how do we change your life circumstances, you know, and actually use the information of the emotion you're having and seeing the value in it. We tell people that they're broken because they're sad. Well, if their life circumstances dictate sadness, that's pretty shitty. Like, take this pill, you'll be better. Or start a gratitude journal, everything will be better. You know, not to say that there can't be value in those things. So the radical revolution that we just have to decide, which isn't going to clean it up in one moment, but is just to start to, instead of running from life, we start to run towards it, which is saying, okay, well, if we're, if, if life happens for me, where's all the unexplored curriculum I've gone through that I haven't learned from yet? And then we get to go through our past, however old we are, and we get to see how we've benefited from being in martyrdom. Terry Cole calls it a secondary gain. Like you get a, you get a gain. It's just, it looks like it comes from powerlessness, but you're gaining power from the, the representation of powerlessness. So if you can get real with yourself about that, oh shit, now we're cooking. Now we're like, oh, I do benefit from that. Man, I start a lot of my conversations with my wounds, with the things I've been through. Oh, does do I do that to elicit empathy, to make it so people have to give me more or feel bad for me? And so that line, when you just decide, okay, I have been a victim of things and fuck that. Like, let's go. I remember Grant Cardone saying something along the lines of, Victims complain about their life, champions change it. And I love that, but that feels very minimizing. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point we have to stop coddling people. You know, it's like, here's how you benefit. Like you could stay in that mindset and your life can suck. Because also when we're stuck in a traumatized victim mindset, we have more autoimmune, we have more health issues because we're constantly in conflict with ourselves you know, our possibility, our potential. I think about that. The soul's trying to come alive and mm. trying to bring us experiences that are trying to wake us up. Like we keep dating someone who's a shithead and then we're like, oh man, everybody on Tinder is a shithead. Well, that's not true. It's just that there's something in your programming that keeps leading you to this person, this type of person that you can one day say, I'm going to learn from this. Because usually if you make one or two different, choices in the dating process, but just in the way you orient to life. Like you wake up in the morning and you take a deep breath and you go, thank you for this breath. Like, how should I be of service today? What's possible for me today? If I was in that space of being a champion of my life, what's one thing I'd create today? Just one thing. And, you know, that's how we can start to access this immense possibility. Because I agree with you. I think that the world is delivering us experiences mm-hmm. and we are navigating ourselves towards those in order to be brought most alive. Would you agree? Would you agree that the world is bringing you experiences and opportunities in order for you to become most alive? Mark Groves recently put out a YouTube clip of his recent podcast talking about becoming most alive. It's super powerful. I'd head over there and check that out. 
So many ways you can support the podcast. The most free and cost-effective is to head over to my YouTube channel, click subscribe. It would be helpful. If you want to donate a gift to me this season to just thank me for the whole year, how I provided you, the listener, with these conversations, then you can leave a review over at Spotify or Apple. This will take no more than five minutes. Just a couple of sentences about what you have gained from listening to the podcast. It will be so helpful. It will be an amazing gift you could give me. There are many ways to support. Another way to support would be to head over to Patreon and donate from as little as £3 a month. I'll invite you into the community. And you can really help grow the podcast. You can not only donate the money, but you can also be involved in some of the conversations that I'm going to be having with other supporters and sponsors of the show. All that said, wish you an amazing closing of the year and see you on the other side.